Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Unspoiled, covering The Wire, Season 3, Episode 3, Dead Soldiers. In this episode, soldiers everywhere are dropping like flies. On the streets, on the police force, everywhere. And even Avon and Omar are not immune. Welcome to Unspoiled. This is um. There's a lot going on. In this there's episode. a lot going on, and we both only watched this one once, which is probably we should have consulted one another before we both <laughs> decided to do that. But I'm sure we'll be fine. But it's a. Uh, it was really. Uh, Omar's whole deal was so so sad. Oh, like yeah. ha- he is so affected by this, and he, I mean he totally should be. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but. He really took it to heart. And when she says that does nothing for me, yeah, I was, it looks like he wants to punch himself in the face because he knows exactly what she's going through. Right. Exactly. He understands, you know, exactly what she's feeling. Ugh, sucks. Uh, it's just, it's just the way the whole thing went down. It's just, um, you know, especially because it opens with the girls being like, you know, why do we have to keep hitting the Barksdale house? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he and we we know the audience knows why. Yep. You know, but he doesn't even go into it. He's just basically basically it's like because I said so. Yeah, he's you know. like because, and they said because, and he just says indeed, and that's it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, um, no offense, dude, but <laughs> I mean, I feel like if he told them the real reason, they would still support him. I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't feel like he needs to keep them in the dark about it, but I don't know. Maybe it's just too personal a thing? Do they... I, I, I mean, everybody knows he's gay. He's not worried about them finding out about that or something, right? It's no, not... I don't think so. I mean, I am I don't know if we've seen it. I thought we had seen it, The the and I don't know the kid's name that he runs with now, but I'm pretty sure he's with that, that guy. Yeah. Remember? Because that guy... Uh, all right, let me think. Because I want to make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. But it had to have already happened because wasn't there a scene with the boy and he's he's talking to Omar and he's like, why we have to keep running with them? And Omar has to reassure him. Wait, say again? Oh, I might. I see. I can't remember. 
All right, never mind, because I might be talking ahead, but it doesn't make sense <laughs> because the girl, the Tanya or Tasha, is already dead, so I feel like it had to have happened already. But Omar was has the the boy with him, and then there's the two girls, right? That's right. I'm pretty sure they've showed us that Omar is having a relationship with that guy. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. And then I, I'm pretty sure the two girls were. I think the two girls were. Oh, yeah, they're gay. Right. So he really wouldn't care. Yeah. yeah so that's so, not it. So that's, it's just kind of puzzling to me why he just doesn't yeah. want to tell them anything. I think it's personal, but not because he's gay. It's just personal because it's a beef with him and Barksdale's for what they did to Brandon and also how Stringer just played him, which I think. I guess is embarrassing and he probably exactly doesn't want to. Yeah. To him. That he wouldn't want people necessarily to know about. I that's think. fair. Um. Okay, so let's start off talking about, um, oh man, so is it Lieutenant Mello is the one that's been going up there and getting his ass whooped by Rawls, Um, or is it the Major? I want to say it's a Major, I think his name, uh, Bunny calls him Marvin, I think, in the bathroom. Major Taylor, okay, I'm looking on Wikipedia real quick. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Rawls just completely tears him apart. Like, it's brutal. And he's so nervous before this that he's actually puking. Yeah, he's throwing up in the bathroom before the, before the fucking concert. Oh, I can't imagine that. I have had one job I still, like, think back on and shudder where I was treated so badly that I would dread going in every day. And I would actually sit in the parking lot in my car before I went in and say a prayer that today didn't like gut me and i can't imagine it on this level where it's like not only are you being humiliated but it's in front of everybody in front of everybody and And it's about like pretty serious yeah i was about to say it's about people's lives like this is not about cakes which is what my job (laughs) is about um which are also serious (laughs) they are no joke people (laughs) cakes i take quite seriously um so and he says, like, Colvin is trying to act sort of cavalier about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, he has been like, what are they going to do to me? And he basically is like, don't you fucking underestimate right? what they can do to you. Are you yeah. crazy? <laughs> He's like, I don't even want to imagine what these blank blanks could do to me. And you shouldn't either. Exactly. Um, but, but but Bunny is all up in his I don't give a fuck. You know, and, he, Oh, man. Uh, it's just like such a Icarus moment to me. <laughs> I'm like, what are you <laughs> saying? <laughs> i do um i i did enjoy how unfazed bunny because rawls is really going in on him mm-hmm. you know because bunny's just like i don't know what to tell you, you right know? we're just doing what we can do and it's just not working <laughs> it was really pretty great how unruffled he was <laughs> i was like i mean rolls is out of his seat he's standing up he's got a hand on his hip and he... right i'm just like waiting for him to pull out a cigarette and be like no continue <laughs> what like i just for me even when I know somebody's an idiot and everything is a farce, when they start getting loud with me, I mm-hmm. have no other reaction other than to bristle and get snotty. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he is able to keep his composure at all, I mean, he really must not care. Yeah. Or else he's just so used to it that he has managed to cope by letting it roll yeah. off him. I think we are seeing him in a because he's already said a couple of times he's doing that, you know, I'm almost at retirement. <laughs> you know thing yeah and also they tell us how um 
when we first meet him, well, we meet, we met him briefly last season, but this season when we meet him, he's doing that thing to his new officers where he's like, you have to know where you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you see that this is a guy who really does take policing seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not just like some jerk off, you know, being making political moves to move up the ranks. This is a guy who, you know, t- takes his job seriously. And he's just at a point where he's tired of eating this shit, especially when it's not making a difference. Yeah. And, I and, think that's it. Like if you are going to take the punches, at least feel like it's worth it. Right. But... But, but it's totally not worth it. It's just, you know, an end to bolster a political campaign for this mayor. You know what I mean? And he's just, I don't know, just he's fucking over it. <laughs> he's just over it. Yeah. I, um, I really can't stand Rawls, like, even more than I couldn't before. Now he just keeps getting worse and worse. It's like, <laughs> um, has Rawls ever, ever ever had his ass handed to him? Like, has he had to have these reviews in front of everybody before? I don't think we've seen it, really. We've seen some tense meetings with him, and um, I think he got called upstairs once in the first season to talk to whoever was the commissioner or the deputy ops when Burrell was the deputy ops and Rawls was still in homicide he got called up one time he did okay because I couldn't remember meetings like this in general but no no, but but nothing like what we're seeing now not on that level but we've seen him kind of get get it you know get stuck a little bit so are they are these like special meetings that they just started have having since everything has gotten so bad i think this is a standard procedure for police department it just wasn't included in the show oh okay you know this is just sort of like the meetings are called i think it's comstat and it's just sort of a i don't know how often they happen but basically a review of what's going on in the city where where crime is what type of crimes what the numbers are that sort of thing But we're we're watching it because we know from Carcetti that the mayor is getting pushed on crime. Um, You know. Yeah. It's okay. So basically what he says in the bathroom about don't underestimate what they can do is proven correct in about two seconds. (laughs) With the same guy. Yeah. He's like up there and they basically are like, get the fuck down. Right. And they replace, they demote him. Oh, public, I mean, Jesus. You you are relieved. Can you read the writing on the wall, everyone? Burrell is like, I was just like, you piece of shit. Yeah, like, like, I'm thinking to myself when I was watching it, I'm like, where's HR? Can you just do that? I know. (laughs) Just like on the fly, demote somebody like that. I'm guessing they already had planned to do it and they just wanted to humiliate him before they did it. And they had gone through HR and done all the paperwork already. And even if the guy came up and was like, hey, we solved 16 murders last night, they'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, here's your paperwork. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have the councilman, uh, Peter Baelish. Carcetti, I'm never Kirk calling Kennedy. him that. It's always going to be Peter Baelish. Um, and he's little fingering it up in this episode, too, isn't he? <laughs> he? I mean, seriously, it is so he is so the same character. It's uncanny. I'm almost like, is he just getting typecast now? Maybe he should complain to somebody. Um, but yeah, he's playing poker and just like completely cheating. And we don't see him cheating, but he's accused of it. And I mean, I just assume he is because of course he is. Like, come on. That's like he cheats at life. A game is nothing. Um, and 
he has a, a reporter come in and he leaks to him that they're delaying the classes for the uh, new police officers to save money, just pushing them off a couple months. I think he says saves millions of dollars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I was like, Jesus, okay. I mean, that's actually seems legit then. <laughs> but, um, and then he calls Burrell and it's like, hey, so I totally told them that thing. And you just have to say that you don't know anything about it. And Burrell is flipping so out. crazy. Oh, my God. I Which was just is, cracking up. It was like I, I was thinking like, okay, Burrell has been in politics, you know, for a while. We He cozies up to the mayor. And so I'm like, why can't he see this picture that Carcetti is painting for him? Like, why is he freaking out? It does make sense as a strategy. It does. But I, he was so gun shy about getting into bed with Carcetti to begin with that. I think he's just so worried that it's yeah. going to blow up in his face. He's worried about his ass. Yeah, exactly. So. And it does kind of blow up, but not in the way that Burrell thought it would. <laughs> but he's so right. worried about how he looks that even though he gets what he wants, which is gets the money for the class, uh, the mayor still thinks he's loyal. The mayor doesn't believe that he leaked the info. Mm-hmm. But to get all that, Burrell has to, like, suck it up and take And look all. like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, mad about that. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's just very much an ego thing. And he's he doesn't have that practicality that... I think we've seen with other people that they're willing to look bad if it means that what they want yeah. more will yeah. get done. Exactly. It's like what's more important to your your image or actually accomplishing what it is you're trying to accomplish. And for Burrell, I think it's more of what he looks like. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, Burrell's just got such a massive ego. Like it, it, everything comes back to that with him all the time. And – um I really enjoy the fact that it's almost like Carcetti, if he wanted to, could call him out and just be like, um, so do you not want this? Mm. Do you like, would you, I can undo all of this and yeah. you can look great and not have anything you want. Do you, would you rather do that? Like t- talking to a six year old? Yeah. But. And, and Carcetti could jam him up if he wanted to, too. Oh, like God, he could just, yeah. you know, he could let it leak out where he got the information from. Mm-hmm. But, um. But, you know, he's playing a longer game. And Burrell is always playing a short game. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, he has no foresight or um, big picture. What's the word? Thought processes? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, okay. So they then um, Burrell later is meeting with the mayor and uh, the I, state's attorney. That guy... I don't... You're talking about the guy in the wheelchair, right? I think so. The one that they're just yelling at each other across the table. Was he in oh, a wheelchair? That's, that's, no, no. I'm thinking of the older black guy. Oh, okay. Wheelchair. I think he's like the council president. He's something. I don't know what he is. But he's also backing um, Daniel's wife. And then oh, the other okay. guy was, like, I guess, maybe um, the district attorney. Okay. I got that's you. It. And that's who Burrell was yelling at. Talking about, like, if we bring you cases and you guys can't even get them... Oh, yeah. I mean, they just really it's like a couple of children. And as the what is the name of the guy? I wish I know these people's names, but we're seeing a lot of them for the first time or only like the second time. The mayor is named Royce. Okay, so Royce is kind of like stepping between them and being like, you both need to chill out and stop blaming each other because this is not helping anything. It's not getting shit done. 
Yeah, um, I need you guys to give me something I can use. Like, right? Or we're all going to be out of a job. What did yeah. he say? He says uh, that well, we'll have, we might have to get real, yeah, real jobs. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have a nice hearty laugh. <laughs> oh God. Um. And Burrell leaves, and one of the mayor's advisors is like basically saying to sacrifice Burrell. Yeah, like to I, appease everyone. <laughs> that guy is the one who's backing Daniel's wife, and because then, because then the mayor calls him out on it, and he's like, um, "They're talking about someone, councilwoman named Odetta," and the mayor um, is calling him out about it. Like, I see, you know, you're trying to replace Odetta in the eleventh district, and he's like, "Well, she has to go. We need new blood." Mm-hmm. And um, they're talking about Daniel's wife, whose name I cannot remember. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember, and I know it was something that felt really waspy, but I can't remember. <laughs> um, um, is there is there such a thing as baspy? Black Anglo-Saxon Protestant? No. No? no. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's no... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh God. Okay. Um. So let's see. I'm trying to see where we're going here. Um. Oh yeah. So, uh, Kirketty also like says good night to his wife, who is very sweet and, and totally kids. falls for his shit. Yeah. And goes and fucks some rando. And it's like. The girl looks enough like his wife that I thought it was his wife. Like, I was really confused for a second, and then I realized, oh, it's just some woman. But it's so funny how in this and in another series that I covered um, that I will remain nameless, the adultery is, like, very much the same type. It's like they want their wife, but just not really. Yeah. You know, it's such a strange thing, but I really understand it. Yeah. You want the person that you want, like the same type of person, but you just don't want to know them well enough to hate them yet, (laughs) which is, you know, kind of where it is. Um, There's um, a scene too, before we actually like the way first he's uh, talk, telling a story while he's holding his son and he sees the woman's legs. Oh, yeah. A little bit later in the episode, he sidles up next to her at the bar and and she orders like a a soda and lime or whatever. And he's like, oh, you won't get there that way. And then Burrell comes and he has to get up. And then you see him fucking her in the bathroom. Yep. Wherever they are. Yeah, when he says you won't get there that way, I was like, please don't spike her drink. Like, <laughs> I kind of felt like there was going to be a Bill Cosby moment for a second. And I was not here for it. So I was just happy she was conscious. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how low the bar is. That we're just like. Right. You know. Honestly. Like, yeah. Um, oh, that's TV. You got to do better. <laughs> really, you got to do better. Uh, so let's go to the crew. Um, so yeah, Omar's, you know, he's, uh, casing places and they're asking him, why are we still zeroing in on these guys when there's so many stashes all over the city that we could hit? Because, you know, the Barksdale crews are all beefing up. Because they've been hit so much mm-hmm. that they're starting to get smart about it. Finally, it takes long enough. Um, and they make their move and it looks like they might be. But it, it, the whole thing felt so off to me. And I was really surprised that Omar kept up with it. Yeah, I guess he's just so blinded by his like desire for revenge that he is. 
I think he still does sense that something's wrong, but he just pushes it out of the way because he doesn't want to think that it's not convenient to just back out of it at the moment. Yeah, I think that um, like they how they knew about the guys on the back porch, and um, I don't know because when when he's casing it out the night before, he you know he tells them you know there's guys on the porch smoking the menthols. Um, yep. in the back and the kid is like, yeah, I wish I could remember the, the guy's name, but he's like, we're going to go up to the back and then Omar doesn't say anything. And then the next day we see that they come in through the front. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, you knew the dudes were in the back. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you think it was just going to be quiet enough? I think um, he, yeah, because I think he could have gotten away with it if it hadn't, if the stash hadn't been hidden behind a board where they had yeah. to unscrew it. Yeah. Cause that's what tipped the guy outside off was the, the sound. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe he just didn't, he didn't prepare for that. Um, and then once the guy asked him for the nail gun or whatever it is, the power screw or whatever, mm-hmm. I, by then it's too late. They'll be like, Oh, never mind. I guess we'll just, you know, right. But that whole scene, what'd you think of the whole, like the shootout? In the it was brutal. It, yeah. it was really well done. I like the fact that it doesn't pan away. Like we see them get pinned behind the car and i feel like a lot of shows would pan away and not show us how they managed to get out of there Mm. because it's not a glamorous thing to just be like running along the street crouching like trying to keep out of the but we see them all huddled up there and how they are just there really is nowhere to go and i like how close you get on everybody's faces too like yeah you know they you know it's not like some cowboy shit at first like there's a moment where you see them being like oh fuck you know, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> like their faces are just like, holy fuck. Um, and I figure that one of them was going to die, but it still really sucks to see it happen. Yeah. Cause she just goes down like a sack of wet sand. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, like boom, like dead. In, in like a lot of movies or TV shows, all those bullets flying, people still would manage to get somewhere safely. Right. Mm-hmm. You see that a million times. So they're running for the car and part of you was like, okay, they're all just going to get to the car because people are just shooting willy nilly. Mm-hmm. And then she just, she just drops like a second dirt. Like, yeah. Bang. Um, I'd like <laughs> when I was watching it and Steve walked through the living room and he just looked at me and he goes, all right, let's bang out. <laughs> later, Omar says the line. <laughs> but, um, and then the, the girlfriend who's, I'm just, I'm fucked up tonight with the names, guys. Tasha. Uh, that one I, I do know because it's I, my name. I thought Tasha's the one that got shot. Oh, she is. Oh, oh, Kimmy is the Kimmy, one. that's her name because yeah. he, yells, he yells at her to come on. Mm-hmm. And she just uh, does that thing where that emotion is so strong and she just is like not thinking and she's just walking straight to the guy shooting and dropping. That is him. such a badass moment, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's so great because up until then, she had just been just firing, like you said, willy nilly. Like she's not aiming or anything. But when this kid walks up, she lifts her arm, her hands are steady as hell, yeah. and she sights him and is yeah. like, you are dead, And then just and then forgets about him and turns around and goes back to her, her to the girlfriend. Like, yep. You know what I mean? It's like, boom, you're done. And she turns her attention right back. Yep. Um, and then when she stands back up, she's like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> and they have to, like, grab her and, you know, tell her to come on. I just, like, even though it's horrible that her girlfriend died, obviously, I would love to turn to see her turn into, like, a ruthless rage machine like omar because she seems like she would actually be pretty badass um but that i also appreciated that we don't have like that moment where she gets to say goodbye 
she has to leave her yeah. girlfriend in the street. It's dead in the street like that. Like, it's just like, like oh, it's so hideous. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Stringer gets called in to talk to Prop Joe. And um, they, <laughs> the fucking unit that brought him in, Cheese, for questioning, <laughs> like, has basically let the whole cat out of the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just so fucking pathetic. It's yep. just so sad and pathetic that they had nothing and they completely, they told them everything, wiretaps yep. and everything. I mean, it's just so fucking sad. And we still haven't seen the backlash on Daniels at this point um, for what has happened. Like, that everybody thought he had finally gotten some real information and was congratulating him. And then it turns out to be a fucking dog. You know what? Um, There's a moment in the ComStat meeting where Rawls gives Daniels a shout out. And they keep saying how he prevented a gang war. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that moment. Because uh, I was still surprised at that point that it hadn't come out. Because it's been, it feels like, a couple days. <laughs> so how does they, I guess, information travels quite slowly around yeah, there. So I, yeah, I don't know exactly. And I'll, I probably will rewatch this episode before I watch the next one. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sure... Like I'm con- like you, I'm a little confused. Like, why are they giving him credit? What gang? What? What? <laughs> yeah, I think that they're acting like Cheese killed somebody, and there was going to be retribution on Cheese, except that they brought him in and it yeah. quieted the whole thing down. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god! Like, it's just, it it would be one thing if they knew they had fucked up, and the crew was like on the street being like, oh my god, they almost got us, and we have mm-hmm. to figure shit out. But they think they did well. They're over there fucking patting themselves on the yeah. back while the crew is laughing, being like, these assholes. Yeah. It's just so humiliating. And um, the only people that are, well, Kima has a really great moment when we get to the detail where she's just, you know, she's just really, she's Shadowly McNulty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's upset about them, like, blowing the wire over the dog. But oh that's, like, God. really the only only time it's mentioned. Yeah, I thought that there would be way more flat, like, blowback from that than there was. Um, but it is kind of amusing that she's turning into McNulty because of course she is. Somebody needs to take his place and she is not happy lately. So <laughs> makes sense. I'm really glad we don't see a shot of her at home again. Cause I can't take that kind of depressing shit. <laughs> I, a woman getting gunned down in the street is one thing, but somebody sitting next to her partner with a baby. Oh, can't handle it. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Um, so, yeah, Prop Joe basically tells Stringer to, like, keep his head down. Mm-hmm. And Stringer's like, yeah, I'll just totally not listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stringer is yelling at his people that they need to get their shit going. Also, another great... 40-degree day, right? I love Nobody that. remembers a 40-degree <laughs> day. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and Donette is trying to get in touch with him. Mm-hmm. And he won't talk to her. This shithead fucking I hope that she understands at this point what a mistake she made. Like, yeah, D sucks. I didn't like him. That's fine. He was he had a good heart, but he was the worst. (laughs) Stringer's super hot. So, like, I get it, Donna. I really do. But you fucked up. So (laughs) there it is. Well, yeah, she's thinking that she's thinking that she's way more important 
Oh yeah. Then, then she obviously is. She thought that she like moved up the ladder with who I, she was choosing yeah. to fuck, and it's like and that actually doesn't have any bearing on your <laughs> life at all. See where she where they show because we see Shamrock taking her calls a couple times, and then finally we see her making the call, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, "What did she say?" Yeah, he knows who the yeah, fuck that- I am. <laughs> And I was like, did he seriously say, does he know you? I was like, oh, that is just cold. That is is like texting somebody that you were dating and then being like, who's this? Because they took your number out of their phone. (laughs) I have not had that happen to me, but I have done it to people. And I hope that it has hurt them because it should. But yeah, that's what that was like. And it was just like, ouch. But I can't even feel sorry for her because she's just like pretty awful. Yeah, I I just... Um, she's supposed to be awful, but does she have to be that awful? <laughs> <laughs> I really need to say that to an actual person in real life. Like, I know you're awful, but do you have to be this <laughs> awful? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so, um, yeah, Omar is smoking up and sitting alone in his room. He's so sad. He's so sad. And he comes downstairs and straight up says, this was my fault. And uh, and they know, it seems, that there's going to be a setup at uh, Tasha's funeral home mm-hmm. because all the Barksdale people are like, we're going to sit there and camp out and wait yeah. for them to show up. And, you know, he is once again on the outskirts watching the place like he was when they went to his apartment and burned his van and everything and uh, totally aware that that is what yeah. they would try and do. Well, yeah, He's not an idiot. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the worst. It, that's just so sad that they're in the situation where she leaves her fucking girlfriend dead in the street and can't even go to her funeral. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine that. I mean, if something ever happened to Owen like this and I never got to see him again after that's like a fucking legit actual nightmare to me, like losing somebody and not getting to say goodbye and never seeing their face again. Yeah. It's just gone in an instant and you have to live with it forever and you never like oh my god don't even can't deal with it oh i have like such a reaction to people like to couples getting like one of the people in a couple dying working at the bank there's a lot of um old women who come in and they've just lost their husband and they have to get their bank account changed because his name is still on it and things like that and I just cannot handle them telling me that their husband passed away. This other, the other day, I like had to walk him back because I started crying, like totally lost it. Because she was so, she said something like, um, uh, "I lost him, but we spent twenty seven years together and we had a wonderful time." Aww. And it was just like it just punched me in the face. I was like. I can't. I had to walk away. And my boss came up to me after and she was crying too. And I was like, okay, oh. it's not just me. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy I don't have to see people. Right? Seriously. Like, I have to, like, when those payments come into accounts where people, they get flagged deceased. I'm one of the people that, like, flags the accounts mm. and returns the payments. But um, but I don't have to actually talk to people. <laughs> right. I think that's what's so sad about it is that the women don't seem sad. And it's not that I think they're not. I think oh, they are it's... just ready for it, you know, and come to terms with it. Mm. But it's it's just so like there's a resignation to it that I find just as sad. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about McNulty. <laughs> oh, um, 
do we want to uh, oh well, i'm gonna make sure we talk about the, the kids on the street i was about to say yeah what is that kid's name again it's like in charge of them um the one the the big boss or just a little crew leader the um crew leader is fruit his boss he he walks to the park and goes to see his boss his boss yeah marlo marlo okay that's the one that was like i'm being a gentleman about it for the moment mm-hmm um, cause yeah, he is seriously intimidating. Yeah. He's super scary. <laughs> Which honestly, he looks goofy as hell. If I saw a photo of him, I'd be like, that guy, what? But, but somehow you believe it. <laughs> no, seriously, I do. Um, and he basically tells them your sales are down. Yeah. And if it were me, I would be doing something about it. Yeah. When I had a shop, my sales were down. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he basically, the guy is like, I hear you. And next thing you know, <laughs> oh shit, that was a brutal one. They just like pour out of that car with baseball bats and just go to town on their asses. It is so harsh. Like they're bleeding all over the damn place. There's something about the way the show does blood that's like, mm-hmm. it's not like that sort of uh, cinematic, like, oh, bloody eyebrow yeah. uh, cut on your cheek to, like, accentuate <laughs> your cheekbone. Like, no, there's blood all over their clothes. They yeah. look fucked up. <laughs> Hands all bent backwards. Right? Knees all fucked up. Like, there's the one quick scene where he's hitting somebody, like, in the back of the leg with a baseball bat, oh. and you're just like, holy crap. <laughs> and the way that they all go down and they do not get up again. Like, that car flies off, and they're still on the ground. Like, yeah. I can't. Nope. Yep. Nope. I'm just gonna stay down here for another minute hold and on it's, it's funny too because right before it happens Kima and mcnulty are watching it and they're just like what how's how's barksdale gang all we out this far and with, they even like, say the, like he asks what is with the camaraderie right to uh herc and carver later and i'm like no nah, really anything yeah, that's how fucking clueless herc and oh my god herc's ass i can't deal with him I can't. I, I want Herc to die. That's where I'm at right now. I'm with Herc where I was with D'Angelo in season one, where I'm just like, you are too stupid to live. You need to be gone. I can't deal with him acting like he is Mr. Big Man. He's getting literally nothing done. And I don't understand how they haven't gained some respect for Kima because she's asking them a perfectly reasonable question mm-hmm. and they have seen her do some shit. Like yeah. they know she's smart. But they're not paying they're any mind. Being very disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, like, like Carver walks away and it's kind of playful, but it's not like, like, it's like almost like, okay, we don't dislike you, but, but we but don't. But I'm really not here for this you. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, like, honestly, when I said it out loud and I'm like, they know she's smart. I'm like, no, that's what it is. Actually. They know she's smart and they don't like it. They don't want her to be the smart one. They don't like a woman being smarter than them. I think that has a lot to do with it. And they didn't like when she was there commanding officer and now that carver's also a sergeant he feels much more comfortable with mm-hmm. being maybe more dismissive than he could have been in the past maybe oh that was so gross when he's yeah. like they uh some they were confused and needed help and everybody starts oh, laughing i was God, like i right? can't Ugh, so gross um yeah they don't have like they're just like not i don't know what the fuck those guys are doing but they're just they're just it's the <laughs> same thing as burrell with the ego they want to feed their little fantasy about what it is to be a policeman. They want to. They want to be these Fast like cars and yeah, guys and and it has nothing to do with the actual job because it's that shit is way too nuanced and requires way more effort and mm-hmm. has no fireworks to go with it. 
and they're just children, you yeah. know, they're like little boys. Oh, I yeah. hate them. <laughs> I really can't take it anymore. Um, so yeah, McNulty, um, <laughs> he, there is a dude who has been beaten up in the interrogation room <laughs> and Bunk tells him that he's the guy who shot Dozer, that dude who was uh, a couple episodes ago who said whatever it was to Herc that was like homophobic, um, uh, power power hitter, right? Or something like something that. Something like that, power hitter, <laughs> yeah, because Carver is asking him over and over through the whole episode, like, like one, the one guy that you could, you would either give a blowjob to or let give you a blowjob. Right. You know, and he finally... Finally, hurt uh, breaks down and gives him a name, and then it's forever. <laughs> we'll never live it down. Um, and McNulty asks him, "Did the confession came before or after that he got the shit beat out of him?" Basically, <laughs> and Bunk is basically like, "Um, whatever." He reads this thing off the report like suspect injured um, in the pursuit of sus- the suspect was injured while being in pursuit or something like basically he hurt himself running from us right like that's i mean (laughs) he just doesn't care at all about putting any sort of face on this it's so haphazardly done um and let's see and his weapon apparently um was sold on to some kid named peanut yeah (laughs) i'm like Really, the names these kids have—it's so amazing. <laughs> Bunk is like, who do I look like, George Washington? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and he's trying to move on because, he, like, Bunk is just so distraught after he sees uh, Tasha's body in the street, and they're like in the middle of investigating this. Her dead body is right there, and there's a crew of like seven little kids playing at shooting each other, mm-hmm. like they're fighting over who gets to be omar mm-hmm. and it's just such a fucked up moment and his the look on his face he's just disgusted yeah. he is under the impression that tasha is uh just like a regular citizen i think he's calling her a citizen yeah like, you know he doesn't think that she's in the game so they think she's just like an innocent bystander mm-hmm. which is fucked up because if it was apparent that she was ripping and running with omar they would suddenly not care exactly mm-hmm. but she's getting this 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 compassion and you know due diligence of really trying to work the case because he thinks that she was an innocent victim and it's really um also i think if she were a guy it would be no question that she was involved but she's female and that's such a rare thing in this whole world that they live in that yeah i think that's a fair assessment you know yeah she's given the benefit of the doubt where if it had been a male it just would have been assumed yeah for sure um, you know uh, unless he was lucky enough to be in his uniform from his job, like the guy in the first season. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, Deacon well, in his church, three kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap. What was I getting ready to say? Um, well, Bunk is trying to like get into that case, but then they come back and are like, you need to find that weapon. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in you starting this other thing. They said, what is it that Jay says? He's like, um, she's still dead in a zip code a that zip- doesn't fucking matter. Yes. Ugh. Which is like, that was like getting kicked right in the fucking stomach. Yeah. You can see, um, Bunk's reaction when mm-hmm. he says that, like he looks at him in this way. I can't like he, 
genuinely can't believe that he said the words out loud. Yeah. Ugh. And there's nothing that he can say back. Yeah. Like, what are you going to say? I mean, there's just no way to not get your ass in trouble in one way or another around here. Um, it reminded me of, did you hear a while ago, it was a few months back, that this um, cable company, or I don't know if it was like, it was, um, I think they they did something with electrical and they would go to people's houses and service them and whatever. And they actually had it like in on a sheet of paper not to respond to any calls that came from this area code or this zip code. Really? No, yeah. I didn't hear about that. And I'm not somebody surprised, but there was somebody who knew who started there and she was supposed to be working the phones and she actually like hid her phone and taped the woman, the boss, telling her they called it they the place was um they made some pun out of like the town name to basically call it like ghettoville or something wow and and she caught her completely on tape saying basically like we will take the call when they call in tell them we'll call them back and then you just don't call back just ignore it wow yeah and uh so this is what it reminded me of a lot and i was really happy because that got posted in a lot of places and then their yelp like blew up with people just being like, fuck these assholes, they are racist and horrifying and don't give them your business. Jesus and they kind of like closed down. I don't know what's going on with them now because things like that can be brief and then you can just yeah. come back from it. But mm-hmm. um, I was, uh, I really appreciated that the person involved took the time to get her on tape with that. Because <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't hard to get her to say it, especially yeah. if you're white. You can get a white person to say horrifying things because they're like, oh, you're oh, white. It's fine. You don't even have to ask. All you have to do is sit quietly and wait. And yeah, exactly. Just walk up to you and say some really outlandish shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Today, there's a girl I work with who's half black. And today she was talking to somebody about the fact that she's mixed and I said something about my dad being half black and my mom being white and she was so chummy with me the rest of the day <laughs> like because everybody else that we work with is white and it's such a funny thing to feel like that moment because I've never really had that like most of the places that I've worked it's been a lot of different races um mostly <laughs> whole foods being a notable <laughs> discrepancy there but It was just such a moment where I realized, like, she might have been really lonely because she is, I can pass as white, fine, but she really can't. So I think all of a sudden she, like, her eyes lit up and she was like, like, really? Another one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was so funny. Um, Okay, so back to this. Um, So Bunk checks Peanut and there are, like... 90 people <laughs> with that name. And it's just on like the west side or whatever. Yes. <laughs> it's just the saddest thing. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, because yeah, he's doing that before he gets the case with Tasha. Um, oh, the other right, guy right, comes yeah. up and uh, gets the call and he's like, you know, I just, you know, Cole's unavailable. Like a quarter oh, or something. this is before they find out about Cole, yeah. who yeah. died in real life. So that's why they had to do this. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, because I was wondering how they were going to feel with like they just don't uh, mention him very much, and um, I thought they were just going to kind of let him fade into the background. Mm-hmm. But they decided to go ahead and actually have him die and the whole funeral and everything. Give him a little send off. Yeah. Which was really sweet, knowing that he was actually gone, that they probably did this for the actors who worked yeah. with him, too. You I know? had forgotten that he 
that he died. Yeah. I, I just, I totally forgot about that. Um, okay. So, uh, Daniels, he needs a meeting with his crew. Um, and it's basically like, we're going to start working on this other guy who has nothing to do with prop Joe or Barksdale or any of this. And Kima's like, are we fucking serious right now? We're just going to drop everything because we look bad. That's it. That's all it takes. And I love Prez watching her and just like saying, well, McNulty's here in spirit anyway. I was like, oh shit, Prez. Okay. He just doesn't really come out with that kind of thing. So he's getting a little bit uh, more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's coming into his own a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's, um, we'll see how that works out. (laughs) Um, so McNulty is looking into D'Angelo's murder still, and he figures out in about two seconds, there's no way D'Angelo could have killed himself with that belt. It's too long. Like, unless he really yanked it up there, it's just not happening. And I think they can tell from the way it was tied where it was tied. Mm -hmm. So he knows that's just not what happened. And I love that it's a very, like, there's no dialogue in the scene that he does it in. One of the guards is just, like, watching him. Yeah, rolling his eyes a little bit. Yeah, like, he does it and he looks at the guard like, well, see? Like, he's waiting for the guy to be like, you're right. Wow, what does this mean? But the guy's like, man, whatever. I'm about to go to lunch. Can we just finish this up? It's just so, like, Fancy perfunctory. come up here, think they're showing me something. I exactly. about this bullshit. I'm trying to exactly he's basically like yeah we know he didn't kill himself right? we don't give a shit can we just move on <laughs> you think we were fooled by that we just don't care it's not that we're stupid we just don't exactly. care oh god it's so horrifying oh shit um so later he's talking when they're all at the wake um he is talking to uh, Rhonda and Lester and Kima, and he is also pissed off about the fact that they're not going to keep going in the same direction. And um, Freeman basically tells him, Daniels has been like the guy always. He can do what he wants now. Like he has earned the right to tell mm-hmm. us to change tax and yeah. we can, we will have to do that because he has done everything. Every time we have needed somebody to go to bat for us, he has. Which is totally fair, and I completely agree. Um, yeah. Also, I'm appreciating because I'm looking through um, Wikipedia right now to give me a refresher on people's names, mm-hmm. and it says here McNulty also visibly reacts when Perlman refers to Daniels, whom she slept with in the previous episode, as Cedric. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. She says so Cedric, Mc- and he so kind of looks over at her so and was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> right. I was just like, oh, oh, is he going to ask her about that? Is he going to find out about it? Like, it's just this really, it's a subtle thing, but mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be something that really came and of it, it in that moment. Moved right on, though. Yeah, it did. Um, so after everybody else is gone, McNulty's talking to Kima and basically she realizes that she's him because she's talking about the fact that like he wouldn't go home mm-hmm. and, um, just the way that he avoided his wife and responsibility and Fucking married the to the job. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's just like, Oh my God, I'm turning into McNulty. 
And I love that he's like giggling about it because he even knows that it's a terrible fate. Yeah. And he's not even lying to her. He's like, what did she she say? Am I turning in? Does that make me an asshole like you? And he's like, pucker up, sister. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, gross. (laughs) But I really love that. It's uh, (laughs) a... The Onion had this headline a while ago that was went something like friend unaware that he is used as comparison when other friends want to put things in perspective. <laughs> and I was just like, McNulty knows he's that guy. He's just like, oh, shit, you're turning into me. I am like, I'm the bottom I'm rung, awful. man. You really don't want to do that. <laughs> Oh, that's so true, though. He doesn't <laughs> want to say anything like, no, you're not turning into me. No. And he doesn't say anything like, hey, I'm not that bad. It's just... <laughs> you're oh right. my God. It's a complete acknowledgement and acceptance that I am a, an utter asshole. Yep. And you know what, honey? You are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and it's fine. Just deal with it. Move on. The sooner you accept it, the sooner we can just get on with our lives. <laughs> um... Yeah, I really, I really want Kima to bail. I really want her to. Her girlfriend and and son? She is already leaving them. Like, let's be honest. She's not there for her. She's, yeah, she doesn't even want to go home at this point. No, like, you may as well be honest about it and actually get out than do this, like, one foot in, one foot out thing. Because it's just, like, lying. I think she would do it. She's so much like McNulty that, like, she, she would stay in this horrible situation forever and just be an asshole i agree with you i don't think it's in character for her to do the smart thing and actually leave but i just want her to because it's like it's sort of the same thing as um parents staying together for their kids quote unquote when they're fighting all the time it's like you're not there for your kids when you're being douchebags to each other your kids see that and they realize that there's horrifying things going on between the two of you and they are not comforted just by the fact that you're sitting near each other on the couch. That's not all it takes. Proximity is not love and they aren't stupid. They can see that. So her just being there, like technically living with her still, but she's not there. She's not spending time. They're not helping each other to cope. It's her girlfriend is basically a single mother Mm-hmm. You know, she just happens to have another paycheck coming in to help out. And I think Kima, if she ever did choose to leave, would at least have the decency to pay child support. So she would still have that if they split up. Oh, yeah, she would. She would still. Um, I mean, her girl, Cheryl, strikes me as the type of person that would make sure she gets that child. Oh, support, hell yes. So. <laughs> She's not going to play. Um, so let's see. Um couple of things so we see after mcnulty and kima talk to herc and carver carver they go look for bubbles Mm. um and we don't see them we don't see what comes of that but we see them finding him down at like a church mission or something i forgot all about that yeah and um johnny isn't still not with the snitching yeah he wasn't in season one either but uh, but but Bubbles goes with Kima, so I so I imagine Kima is going to get the story about what's really going on in the West Side pretty soon. I really want to know what it is that Johnny feels so loyal to. It's, like, is it just because he knows that they're going to cut him off if he says anything? Because Bubbles has been talking like no, all the damn time. But when when we when it first comes up, when Bubbles first starts snitching in season one, and he tells Johnny that he's doing it. Johnny is like disgusted 
And he says, no, I did it for you because, you know, the little hoppers didn't have to beat you like that. And Johnny says, no, you don't snitch. This is all part of the game. Like, there are rules Mm -hmm. to this, to what we do and how we're out here. And you don't snitch. So Johnny is coming from that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not. It's just that that mentality. You you don't snitch. You just okay. don't. And at this point, Bubbles is doing it for the money. You know, that's yeah, that's true. With, yeah, like, his, his long-standing relationship with Keem and McNulty. But he's also. But before it was very much like, you know, I'm doing this because of what they did to Johnny in the first season. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that they they make sure to show that that you know Johnny actually tries to like bear hug him to yeah. keep him from going. Oh my god! And also, it's dangerous. Oh you know? yeah, definitely. I'm really shocked that as fucked up as Bubbles is a lot of the time that he hasn't like outed himself by accident as being an informant, formerly or now. Yeah, you know, it's just sort of. I mean, obviously, Omar knows. But Omar knows like everything, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, I think it's um I don't know how I don't know if any thought is going into it of how Bubbles survives. I mean I mean of course he's you know he's got a survival skill set for living like that. But you're right, you would think that it, by now it would be out that he snitches. I mean, because yeah. they're coming to look for him. Yeah, they're and- like asking for him by name practically you know, like you know it, with lots of people around i don't know but maybe it's also people like bubbles are especially to like the kids like Bodie and all them or any of the dealers they're like i don't want to say invisible but they're just not counted mm-hmm. you know what i mean no i get what you mean you yeah know? so it's like they're they're just um flying under everybody's radar because no one's paying attention to what bubbles is doing he's just another junkie you know yeah true um so yeah we don't really see anything come of that yet but i'm guessing something's gonna go on um okay let's talk about bunny and his plan here (laughs) this is bananas first of all he just like falls on the sword in front of Rawls and is like, yeah, no, we're just going to tell them the statistics. We're not going to start doing the thing where mm-hmm. acting like, oh, he might have, it might have been a gun or it might have yeah, been a yeah. wallet. <laughs> like, and he lets Rawls go at him and just stands there and is like, whatever, bitch. Yeah. And at the end, Rawls and Burrell are both like, you can act like you can get away with whatever because of your seniority, but that's so not true. And all of you need to know that mm-hmm. um, the gods will not save you. Yeah. is what fucking Rawls said. He's so dramatic. He's such a fucking drama queen. He really is. It's just so like grandstandy. I'm surprised he isn't a senator or something. Um, so. He has that great line in the elevator when they're all talking about what are you going to do to get your numbers down? And he's like, that. I'm going to legalize drugs. <laughs> That was pretty great, honestly. Um, and let's see what else. Oh, Valchek is here again. I just mm-hmm. hate his little Weasley face. Um, and he congratulates Daniel. So we have another instance of somebody not knowing that Daniels is actually fucked up royally and it's like acting like he did something great. So how long is, are they going to be able to keep up that? See, trade? And I'm wondering if we missed something because that seems, I don't understand what everybody is talking about. Like, I don't know. Is it that they just, I don't... think it's still that they just don't know that it wasn't a real person. 
that it was just a dog. I think they just don't know yet and they're keeping it quiet as they can. I think Daniel's people are so loyal that they're like, yeah, we're just going to act like it was this thing and they don't need to know that much information about it. We could just like be vague and they'll be like, well, at least something's getting done and we can get away with it. I'm hoping that's what it is because if it does come out later, I'll be so bummed because Daniel's is going to look like such a fucking moron. (laughs) Um, because he admits there that they lost the wiretap, but they don't say anything else. <laughs> you know, so yeah, may, I don't know. That seems so crazy to me. Um, um, well, I mean, some of the shit that the miscommunication in this department is so abysmal that the fact that they can all be fooled by this is just not surprising. I mean, yeah, the, Jay cleaning up the whole crime scene from last season before Daniels even finds out that it happened. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. so, um, yeah, so Bunny's plan as he's talking to everybody later, what he wants to do is to basically like corner all of the the corner guys now like Mm -hmm. push them into territories far away from residential districts or from schools and make them feel like we'll keep a blind eye if you guys just stay out here let them get comfortable and then strike when they have got their defenses down and have gotten kind of lazy which honestly is a great fucking idea (laughs) like it's really smart I don't know how well it will work because I'm not really sure what he means by strike. Like it, it's just these people have not proven themselves to be good at keeping their mouths shut about being attentive, paying attention to detail. So I am not confident that he has the people to carry out the plan that he has in mind. Yeah. I think his plan is great, but you know, well, um, (laughs) He, uh, the idea that you're just going to have these designated zones, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to all the little, I guess, not misdemeanor, but like the the violence and stuff that surrounds the drug activity mm-hmm. would be eliminated. That's true. Because there's no territory to fight over. Um, the cops aren't going to be harassing them. And so then I guess all his stats and stuff will look good because those type of crimes will go down. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it is, I feel like it's disingenuous to say though, that there wouldn't be territory to fight over. I still think there would. I mean, their identities are so wrapped up in, in basically their street cred. And that it is so tied in with territory yeah i just don't see that going away even if they're all so super close together they'll still find a way to separate it and create barriers and whatever so you have to wonder like like the thing with um remember how like so avon has been able to have his business because he did the whole you know talking to all the different crews like you know you'll get our product or whatever Mm-hmm. And it'll be worth your while to let us come out here and sell. And everybody was on board except for Marlo. That's why Bodie was like, Marlo is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. When he goes to Stringer and just brings everybody who's fucking bleeding. And he's just basically like, bitch, do something. Yeah, I'm like sick this, of this shit. Like, I have been trying to tell you this motherfucker was a problem. You yep. sent me out here to talk to him. I, he wouldn't talk to me. Um, I couldn't find him. Then he wouldn't talk to me. He's not interested. And you act like he's going to come around. This motherfucker Mm -hmm. is not coming around. Mm -mm. So then you have to think, so 
I like, I wish the stringer had gone himself because I think he would have talked to this kid for five minutes and realized that there's no winning with him. Yeah. You know, but it's he's trying to do everything through Bodhi, and I think that's a mistake. But yeah, I think one. I think if Marlo and talk to Stringer face to face, I don't. I think Marlo would see him for what he is immediately. Oh, definitely. Zero respect for him. Yeah, I don't feel like him going would have worked out. I just think that it would have avoided this kind of like people getting their shit beat out of him. Exactly. Um, At least Stringer could have been like, "All right, well, we're not going to get that corner, so let's just go." Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But um. So I I feel like it's going to be the same for the cops. They're going to have to try to, you know, convince people to play along. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Marlo is not to be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> He's not interested. Oh, man. He is. I can't. I just like. It's so funny because uh, Brother Muzon, who's got this like aura around him of everybody knowing who he is and being super scary and mm-hmm. it's sort of like that John Wick thing. Have you ever seen John Wick? I have not. Dude. People out there watch John Wick because it it is such a fun, awesome movie. Is that the Keanu Reeves movie? Yes. And I really didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I loved it. And then I watched it the second time and I loved it even more. It is great. It's like one of the only movies where his acting is genuinely good. Uh, Except for one moment, which was weird. But yeah, he's really good in it. He's he's just a terrible, terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one moment where the guy, somebody says, like, what, are you, what is he, the boogeyman? And the guy is like, he's the guy you call to kill the fucking boogeyman. <laughs> and I was like, that's how I feel like Brother Muzon is treated. But this kid seems so much scarier to me. Right? Like, he's, he's, it's a different, it's so, it's, you know what I do like? I like that there are these different types of what scary can be. Mm, yeah. Right? You know? Like Brother Muzone's deal is is really heavy, and you just get it mm-hmm. as soon as you see him without being like doing anything, you know, super cool. We never really see him do a whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. and 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 Marlo has kind of got this thing where you just you just know you don't fu- he's not to be fucked with. Like you just don't even have to be told that. You just kind of know it, right? Um, and he's not like super intimidating to look at. He's not real big. Uh, it's just with with him it's just business there, it's totally bloodless there's no like self-interest behind it or agenda it's just like somebody hired me to do this i'm gonna do it and tough shit like mm. this other kid it's so much there's like a darkness in him yeah you can see <laughs> that he is a little crazy and that's what's so like it's so much scarier because it's like way less predictable muzone you know who he works for you know his deal mm-hmm. he will be loyal while he's being paid and then when he's done he's done but this kid is just so much more like he just doesn't wild to have. I think we were talking about Marlo on on one of the um in one of the groups. I don't know if it was the unspoiled subscribers or, but uh, somebody's like he's got like that that dead eyes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like a doll's eyes. <laughs> I love John so much. I'm sorry, but yeah. Uh, he's just like I'm surprised I haven't seen him in anything else I can't recall if I have but I don't think so because he's a good actor he really is I've seen him pop up in a couple of different things like TV okay TV stuff but yeah he this 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 kid in this role is really really impressive um okay so let's go to uh Cuddy he is poor Cuddy 
I just don't even know what to think about this guy. It's really weird because he's being sprinkled in here and there, but I just don't really understand what he stands for, like, narratively yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is trying to track down his ex-girlfriend. He's in a suit. He's looking really nice. Uh, um, I, 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 want, I just want to talk real quick about when he goes to see the sister of the ex-girlfriend to fight, get a line on her. Oh, right. And he's sitting out on his stoop talking to her. And all he wants to know is where can he find this woman. Yep. But he has to, like, entertain this woman mm-hmm. on the stoop. And at one point, he, he he tries to hurry her. She's like, don't you rush me. Oh, my God. I was cracking up. She snaps on him. I was like, shit. And he really, like, pipes down. Yeah, like, yeah. well, okay. <laughs> Guess that's not going to work. And she's like, what are you going to tip on out of here and put your aftershave on? <laughs> Which is pretty much exactly what we Completely, see completely calls it 100%. It's always so harsh when somebody nails you, like, you're that predictable. Uh, she's like, oh, shit, I am so transparent. Right? This sucks. And she tries to tell him. She's like, you know, she's not one of us no more. She even got a county job and a county car. Yeah, she has, like, nose. a lot of contempt for her, really. Yeah, she's got a county nose and she looks, that she look, that she uses to look down on us with. <laughs> I'm shit. like, ooh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ouch. Um, so, yeah, he gets all dressed up and his grandma gives him money. It was so adorable. A couple, couple dollars in his pocket. He got a shine. Oh, she was cracking me up. <laughs> you got a shine in your pocket. It's like, okay. Um, oh. And he finally tracks her down. Her name is Grace. And she's really like, she's standoffish. Mm-hmm. But she seems very pleasantly surprised at the fact that he's working a genuine job. Yeah. Like she she asks him, I'm su- I suppose you've got a Lex. Like she's just assuming he's just got right back into everything yeah, as soon as he yeah. got out. And uh, he's like, Nope, I have a bus pass, <laughs> which I loved so much. Um, and he's um, she's like, I can't picture you pushing a lawnmower, which I was like, Yeah, it is amusing actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's weird. It's like, uh. It's a moment where it's like his her life has moved on in, in, in this very unexpected way, I guess, for him. Yeah. Um, where his life is, you know, stopped. Like he's coming out, you know, he's putting on the same suit. It's not a new suit. It's, <laughs> you right, know yeah. what I mean? And um, she's just not the person that, that he he has that little Polaroid and he looks at it. You know, and it's uh, like her, you know, back in the day. <laughs> it's just like, man, that girl is not waiting for you. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a, a really sad moment. And he says, looking at you hurts. Yeah, that was such a great line. And, and she's she, like, maybe you just shouldn't look at me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, ouch. oh damn. Right. But it's kind of true, though. Like, it's it's whatever you were thinking is not it's not how it's going to be. You know, it's not I got a kid. I got a husband. You, you know, Yeah. And to think, for you to even think that it was going to be that, it's kind of sad, too. Yeah. Um, it's, and the way that she, like, she helps him. She's like, I'll give you the number. Look, mm-hmm. they're, you know, hiring here at Parks and Rec, which I just giggled to myself. Yeah. I love that show. But um, it is still distant. It's like, very distant. She you doesn't- know. She doesn't uh, offer her number or say we should get together or anything. It's it's very like, yeah, this, you know, we're not going to not never mind have a relationship. But we're not even going to be in each other's lives like that. Like, we're just, yeah. you know, it's very, um, 
I think his point in the narrative, even though he's not tied into any specific storyline right now, is that it's just sort of watching somebody try to navigate. You know, we 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 are seeing with Barksdale and now with Barlow and the kids on the corner and everything what it's like on the street side. But now we're we're seeing okay, what is it like when you get out fifteen years later? You know. Like, yeah, I mean, I think do? he's trying to pick up where he left off, and that piece that the end of that string is just gone. Like you can't come out and just pick that up again. Yeah, and it's and exactly like we see his package deal. We saw how that went, mm-hmm. and he didn't even. Um, I don't know if he could have. If probably, I don't know. It would have looked terrible for him to try to like get reinforcements or get help on that situation. But he just lets it. He just lets it go. Yeah. You know? And goes out and gets a straight job. Um, I think but, he kind of like. Um, took it as a sign mm-hmm. you know like well that went really shitty and i kind of think i'm not here for this now <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's i'm totally, not even interested in trying to get this to work yeah it totally felt like he just wasn't really in into it his heart wasn't into it really and he just wasn't interested in being a part of this anymore yeah um so it's kind of i don't know so he's kind of floundering right now and i don't you know it's it's sad to watch yeah it really is and it's like it feels so um, genuine that mm-hmm. it's even sad because there are people where you have seen this before in TV shows where they sort of know that there's no hope, but they're trying it out just because they want to get laid or just, be- you know, whatever, just for something to do right now because they still have that real short term mindset that they mm-hmm. had before that landed them in trouble in the first place. And it's clear that he kind of it has really grown. I'm not sure how deep that goes because I feel like he probably will get back into the game once things start to go very wrong for him. But I feel like here it's it feels really heartfelt. It's yeah. like and the way that she keeps him because he tries to like talk about them, mm-hmm. you know, and there and she just won't talk about it at all, which is very smart because as soon as you start to go into that territory, shit comes yeah. up and you just yeah. don't want to play with that. Um, but it just with him, it just feels like he is he doesn't know what where to turn. Yeah, he's very lost right now. Yeah. Like, um, and you got to figure whatever support systems he had, friends or whatever, were probably all people like him before he went to jail, all people who were in the life that way. Yeah. So either they're locked up now or they're dead now. And um, it's not like he has a whole community of, of straight people that he can lean on. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, trying to end in, in whether or not he'll decide to go back into it or if he'll try to stay straight, you know. Because mm-hmm. I, like you said, it could get pretty, it could get very desperate very fast. Yeah. Oh man, it's um, it's I I just really am very very curious about what where they're going with that because it's so he's so disconnected from everything. I mean mm-hmm. they they got him a little bit connected with talking to Avon in prison, but it's not enough to count within the story so far yeah so it's just sort of i'm not i'm not i don't know what they're, what they're doing it's sort of how i felt with the docs but not as intense because the docs was like so many characters and he's yeah. just one but it's still just very um i don't want to say confusing 
but it's uh, it just distracting. Like it's I guess in. doesn't feel like it's tied into what what else is going on. Yeah, so I can see how it could feel like a distraction. Like, why are we spending time on this guy? I don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. Um. All right. Well, I think that's about it then. Did we cover point. everything? I think oh, so. I have to give you. Um, you were right. It is the state's attorney, not the DA, and that okay. meeting with the mayor. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we both just stopped dead. Yeah. Well, I wanted you to enjoy your yay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I love being right more than anything. I, this is why I make it a point to check before we finish. So well, I... Sean knows me so well. <laughs> that's what it, that's what I get for my birthday. Is just a pink box, and there's all this like tissue paper inside, and I pull it out, and there's just a plaque that says "You were right," and I'm like, oh. <laughs> best gift i've ever gotten (laughs) (laughs) oh shit what did you think of the wake real quick the cop oh god it was so like raucous and just (laughs) i mean it felt like saint patty's day and that it's just they're like (laughs) we're gonna try and act like we're honoring somebody but we just want to get drunk you know which is fine I mean, whatever. That's how we do it in my family. And outside, it's uh, Bunk and, and McNulty are sitting together. And doesn't the guy who got demoted come out and, like, puke everywhere? I don't think it's him. It's, um, it's um, is it the guy that gave Bunk the case when he was working with the Peanuts? Oh, was it? Is that who comes out and pukes? Somehow that's <laughs> even sadder. Working <laughs> I just love that. When he said, who am I? do I look like fucking George Washington? I was just, like, losing it. Oh, and he's so, like, mad when he says oh it. I God. love when people make a really great joke, but they're, like, pissed off in the moment. <laughs> it makes it so much funnier. Um, all right. Well, before we go, I want to say hi to new patrons and donors and band camp people and all that. Um, so we have Armando Trujillo, who I believe I've mentioned before, but because we missed last week, I just want to double ch- double touchdown. What's the word? Uh, you know what I'm saying. I want to make sure I cover everybody. So Armando Trujillo, Aaron Devlin, Joshua Morris, Jessica Miller, Kimberly Moniz, Beth Forsland, Carrie Preston, and Syra M are all new patrons on Patreon. And um, I have for Bandcamp, Fluxkit, who I believe is Chris from Twitter, Carrie Preston again. She joined both. And DJ are all new on Bandcamp. So welcome to you guys. Yay. And um, I got a donation from Rachel and Nate Swanson, which was substantial. Thank you guys so much. And Thomas Breeze and, uh, has set up a, an automatic weekly PayPal donation or monthly PayPal donation, which is only the second one that I have ever gotten, which is really cool. So thank you so much, Thomas, for that. That's I get a bigger percentage if somebody does it directly like that than I do through pay, uh, Patreon or something. So while Patreon is really my go-to just because I have more interaction with people that way, it's awesome to have it through PayPal. And it's nice that people would take the extra effort to do that because that's really not um, something that I advertise that much. But thank you so much, Thomas, for that. So, And I also want to uh, let people know who are patrons um, – I don't I have mentioned this on the Facebook group for subscribers and patrons already, but in case you missed it, Patreon is going to be changing the way that they charge people, not how like not what they charge you. You're going to still it's going to be the same like you have a budget and you have control over how 
high your spending goes for the month. But people have been doing this sketchy thing where they have signed up, had a whole month of free uh, access to some of my special episodes, early access to everything else, and access to the Facebook group. And then right before the payments start clearing, they leave and they unsubscribe. And so they've gone a month free and haven't had to pay anything. And um, I saw it happen one month. I kind of just let it go thinking like, well, some people are shitty, whatever. And then it happened the next month again. And I was just like, really, guys? So apparently Patreon has been having this problem with a lot of people. And they have decided that instead of having it all sort of compound and then get charged in one lump sum at the end of the month, they are going to start charging people as the episodes are posted. So if you have pledged a dollar per episode and your budget is $5, you will see five days in a row, $1 charges. And it will still be the same amount and it'll still be a dollar per episode. It's just that they're not going to wait and charge you $5 on the 1st of July. They are going to charge you $5, uh, $1 at a time. So I just want to let you all know that that's what's happening in case you start seeing charges that you hadn't used to see and wonder what the hell's going on. Um, and I sympathize that maybe some people might not like the change, but as a, one of the artists using it, it is really helpful to me because having people and sort of depending on that money and ex like factoring it into my budget and then having them disappear and not getting what I expected can be super frustrating and um, can seriously screw things up for me. So I have to thank Patreon for looking out and making sure that shit like this can't keep happening to people. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to alert everybody and, you know, to anybody who's considering joining too, that that's how that works and that it's changing. So, um, and those of you who are not aware, I'm also, I started covering Sandman. We just did the third volume, uh, yesterday. It'll be posted for everybody tomorrow. It was, um, tomorrow, I guess will be today by the time y'all listen to this <laughs> and, um, I just started the second season of Hannibal. I'm recording the, uh, the, the premiere tomorrow with Alan and that post will be going up on Monday and the premiere of season two is fucking insane yeah. and it was so goddamn good. People <laughs> honestly, like, I don't know how much I have to say to get people to watch it, but I am putting it in the upper echelons of television of all time. So far, I th there's been one episode that was very disappointing, but other than that, it's been absolutely phenomenal, and I enjoy it so much on so many different levels. Visually, the writing is fantastic. The acting is um, unbelievable. Like, there's no way they could have pulled this off without the actors that they have, and it's such a shame to me that it hasn't been brought up for another season. And I understand why it hasn't because I wouldn't have watched it if I hadn't been told to by people who listen to the show. I am not interested in serial killer stuff very much. And I just thought it was going to be another thing like that. And it's really not. Um, it's very artistically done and it feels sort of like black mirror in its tone. If you like that kind of thing. So please guys, even though it's kind of too late and we can't save the show at this point, I just want people to, appreciate it for what it is instead of thinking that it's just another like pulpy mm -hmm. serial killer thing because it's really so much more and it deserves to be given the credit that it has earned 
I think it really has. I would put it definitely up there with Breaking Bad in terms of quality, but it just doesn't get that kind of respect at all. Like nobody knows. Yeah, it's a shame. So it's really a shame. It's one of the best things on TV. It really is. It's. I'm super excited because I was worried that you know they had one magical season and then it was going to kind of. Because so many shows are like that. They have one story. It's an excellent story. But when they try and go past that and yeah. they just can't bottle lightning. Well, I'm watching season three and it's still like just That's what I'm crazy hearing. good. It's yeah. so fucking good. Because um, Alan was like telling me the other day, he's like, I, he, he, I said, or have, has it gone down at all? Is it disappointing? And he was like, um, it's better. It has gotten better. And I'm like, how is that possible? (laughs) So I hope somebody picks it up. I really do. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is not a Hannibal podcast, but I'm just pleading with you all. (laughs) If you listen to The Wire, you obviously understand good television. Or listen to The Wire. Listen to me. I'm like, if you listen to my (laughs) podcast, you obviously have great taste. Um, But you know what I'm saying? If you watch The Wire and you think it's great. You you know good writing. You know good storytelling. You would like Hannibal. It's all I'm saying. You would more than like it. But come on. Just try it. Just try the first episode. Just please. Oh, my God. Everybody, please. Just try it. Oh, God. Okay. I'm done now. <laughs> You're so earnest. <laughs> Guys, come on. Just watch the fucking show. <laughs> oh god i really do like my my boss said the other day like she called me gracious i was shocked i've never been called gracious and i guess there was some girl that has been being snobby but the girl's really young and i just let it roll off me because she's 20 and 20 year olds are fucking stupid i was stupid every 20 year old is stupid i don't care like if there's somebody listening to this right now who's 20 and is like i'm not stupid no you really are and And in 10 years you will see that you really will you'll look back and be like wow i was a fucking moron and it's just part of life that's fine but i didn't let her being snotty bother me because i was like you're a child and I was snotty and it's fine. Um, but she, my boss apparently was growing so bothered by being, seeing her be snotty to me that she took the girl aside on her own and said, listen, I'm really getting frustrated watching you be a dick basically. (laughs) And I didn't, I had no idea about any of this. And my boss told me, uh, the other day and was like, you know, it's just, you're so gracious and you just, let things roll off you and you don't wear your heart on your sleeve. And I was like, holy shit, you do not know me at all. Right. Is she talking about? (laughs) I guess I must just have a really good work persona that I've created for myself. The old ladies have been making you cry. (laughs) Right. That, that honestly, I almost said that to her in that moment. I was like, I just was crying. Are you kidding? (laughs) But I guess she just means like in terms of creating yeah, drama at work, sure, sure. <laughs> which I have to say, like it, I have no interest in creating drama when I work with five people all day. Like that's just, yeah, and it's going to be like the same five people for like forever there. <laughs> for the next 10 years. We are going to die at this job um, because the benefits are really good. <laughs> um, okay. So. Oh, well. I'm sorry. I've been going off on a tangent so bad, and you were all like, I'm going to go to bed early tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> this is what I think of you in your early bedtime. You can suck it. Suck all of it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yeah, you're guys. gracious. I am super fucking gracious. <sighs> 
pretty girls don't use ugly words. Somebody said that at work the other day and I almost fucking. Oh, God. Yeah. I lost it a little tiny bit inside. I kept it inside. (laughs) Oh, Texas, you're so weird. Um, (laughs) All right. All right. All right. We're going to wrap it up. I swear. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you, Rashawn, for joining me. And uh, we will see you again next week with a new episode. Bye. Bye. When you walk through the car. Command.